Hello and welcome to Straight From The Line podcast, where I talk food and cooking with industry insiders. I'm your host, Jason Lynch, and in each episode, we're going to be speaking with chefs, servers, farmers, and all different forms of industry individuals who make what others eat. Thanks for tuning in. So this morning, I'm talking to Dennis Johnson, um, formerly of Fid, Fid Restaurant in Halifax. Um, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So you're, uh, you're very heavily involved in the sustainability of seafood. What, what got you started in that? Um, in the 1980s, uh, moved back from Europe to Montreal in 1980, working away in Montreal, and there was a young chef there, uh, Norm Laprise, who now has uh, the restaurant Take. And uh, he and another really close friend of mine, Claude Pelletier, sort of began the movement of using local, using local purveyors, looking around and seeing what's around. And of course, uh, Norm has taken it to its ultimate level now. He's been open 20 years. He's produced a fantastic book about all of his suppliers and local and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we all sort of started using that. And when Monica and I moved down back to Nova Scotia in 1999 and opened up FID, um, that combined with the market, uh, the farmer's market, um, was a no-brainer for us. It was. It's actually a funny story. It was... Uh, racking my brain trying to write the first menu for the restaurant. And right. I, I had never, I had always been, as a chef, whenever I was in a restaurant, I always been given sort of direction as to where the menu had to go. And this time, I could go in any direction I wanted. So, you know, you sort of had to balance it with what you could actually sustainably sell and, and remain open. And I eventually crumpled up the menu I had and the next day went to the market which was on a Saturday, and completely did the first menu from whatever I bought at the market. And then from then, we just continued on right down to evaporating our own seawater for salt and keeping, you know, really uh, in, in touch with the local and sustainable uh, products. Now, you have to understand, at this time, people looked at us like we were freaks because nobody was doing this. Everyone was ordering from large food services and, and the idea of uh, having direct relationships with farmers and foragers and all this thing was, was a bit of an oddity. Um, people didn't understand what we were doing and we kind of used the restaurant with as a, I don't know, a teaching tool, I guess, Right. for that. So was this, was this based out of ideology or was this more um, just a passion to work with cleaner, better product? Like, I'd say both probably because uh, for me, from a health point of view, I always wanted to know where my food was coming from, its right. origins and all of that. I mean, I learned that when I was in Europe. Of the, you know, They have a very high sensitivity to where all their food comes from, whether it's organic, inorganic, GMO, non-GMO, all this. And that sensitivity is starting now in 2014 to happen in uh, in North America. But when you think about it, like, I mean, sure, there's the chef's passion, but, you know, I'm a living human being. I like to take care of what I put in my body. Right. And so with with uh, with the restaurant, we ate very, very well. It was zero processed food. Everything was just directly from the farm. So 
there's that sort of personal healthy aspect as well. Do you feel there's a drawback to that style now for a lot of chefs? I mean, the, the, foods, the food world, I mean, myself having grown up on a farm has become so industrialized now. Um, is it realistic or, you know, is this just for the select few? Um, you know, I know we had a brief conversation about this a couple of years ago. Don't know if you remember that, you know, it's funny now with everybody, for some people it's become a marketing tool. They're not really doing it. Um, for others, we've, a lot of our farms have gone and disappeared. I mean, we're losing ridiculous amount of family farms annually across North America due to industrialized farming. Is it realistic that we turn that back around? Or do you think we're too far gone as a society? I don't think so. You know, the, the food world is a funny place. You know, you've got everything, you've got everything from the gamut. You've got small, local, sustainable restaurants. And sure, you've got a few jokers who like to say they're local and write all kinds of books and like don't follow it at all. They're all ordering from food services. There's always bound to be a few of those. But I mean, if you look at Las Vegas, where they fly stuff in from wherever, you look at Chicago, which, you know, is, is landlocked, but it has some of the best seafood in the world because of travel and shipping and all that. Um, those are just different facets of the food world. You know, now you've got, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, a lot of, there's a trend now with the chefs who are huge on Instagram and Twitter, a lot of social media uh, to do more of a collaboration thing, which is interesting as well. I mean, there's so many facets of this that there's always going to be an industrialized component, and but there's always going to be little guys who do like the grassroots thing. And there's the latest figure after talking with Ted Hutton, who's a farmer we both deal with. Yes. Yep. There's been an increase, an actual increase in the number of young farmers who are beginning farms now. So is it a trend? Is it not a trend? I mean, you know, magazines decide what are trends. I mean, you know, I was reading... Uh, I was reading on Root Magazine coming up here, and uh, what's his name from Isabel? Grand Van something? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I know who you're referring to. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was sort of jokingly making this comment that, you know, they were saying to him, oh, what's the new trend? What are you doing now? And he's, like, doing some sort of pinchos, more elaborate, uh, like... Um, so San Francisco style... Yeah, but more like the tapas, yep. the, like the true tapas from there. And he put, I can't remember what the item was, but he talked about some item he was putting on the menu and a bunch of magazines grabbed it and decided that was the new thing. Right. So it's like, what is the new, nobody knows what the new thing is. It's, it's you know, a, a cook or a chef is in his kitchen. It's his laboratory. It's where he elaborates he, he develops a style, he develops a relationship with the products, with the people of the products, the purveyors, like us, you and I. I think we were very privileged in Nova Scotia. We're surrounded by ocean, we have awesome seafood, and in the center, we've got an area that has the agricultural zoning of the Okanagan Valley. Yes. You know, I, I get white peaches yeah. in Nova Scotia. I mean, it's just amazing. So. The Nova Scotia tends to get, in, in the current, if you look at now, uh, August 13th, uh, 2014, if you look at the current trends right now, Vancouver makes a lot of noise, Toronto makes a lot of noise, Montreal makes a lot of noise, and there's a lot of noise in Newfoundland, but us and, uh, you know, PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, there's not a lot of noise made about us, but we're, I, I feel we're very fortunate. 
I mean, I think Newfoundland is interesting from its cultural point of view, but I mean, you know, it spends three quarters of its year in snow. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I think we're, you know, um, the maritime provinces on a whole actually are in, you know, a little bit of a, you know, chef's wet dream when it comes to product. Yeah, totally. um, but yet, I mean, it doesn't get the attention. I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't get the attention. Um, and I think a lot of that is, you know, they're just, you know, not vocal. Yeah. Um, a little, a little shy of what uh, we actually do and what we actually do well. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, it really is. But you know, from the sustainability factor, and you know, the you know, you're you're in transition stage now, having you know, been chef of restaurants for many years, and you know, just recently shut down your own restaurant and moving on to the next the next phase. Do you, do you see? I mean. Do you see things changing and evolving? I mean, you know, everything changes, and as you said, you can never plan, you know, plan or predict the next trend. But I mean, for you yourself, you know, are, are you enjoying the transition away from the day-to-day -day restaurant? And totally. I mean, like, uh, bid was all-encompassing. I mean, we're you know, you know the work hours, right? It's oh like yeah. Ninety-five to one hundred fifteen hours a week. When you own it, you own it. Yeah. You own the repairs. You own the staffing issues. You own the accounting issues. You, own, you have to do it all. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I discovered by having the restaurant was having, having well, it's been like a little over a year now, backing up and looking at it, it was fueled by so much passion. And uh, it was just, and ego, and it was just very, it was a, it was a wicked ride. But now having been be able to step outside that, I can see how there wasn't much balance with the real world because I was so encompassed in that world. Right. And I think that's the problem with, uh, with chefs in general is to achieve that balance between having a real life and having, you know, I know so many chefs, male chefs who have kids and they never see their kids. Yeah. They go, they, they, you know, their kids become 16 and they're like, ah, who are you? Uh, you know, even, uh, who was it in that movie? Jiro, Jiro dreams of sushi. Oh yes. Yeah. Do you remember that comment? Yeah, the guy was like he came home and because uh, he was at work so many so many years that he came home and his kids were wondering who he was. Right. So, but I mean, it, it's achieving the balance. Which having stopped the restaurant, I can now see how that balance didn't exist. How that all I did was wake up, go to work, go to bed, wake up, go to work, go to bed, and there were a few like vacations in there, but it was still all encompassing. Right. And uh, and. And because of our size as well, I mean, we were not large enough for me to hire somebody full-time to run the kitchen, so I was hands-on every single day. Right. Um, I had a sous chef, but uh, so we were, we were small enough to do that, but not large enough to hire somebody. So that's another reason probably why it was all encompassing. But totally enjoying the transition, enjoying life. Uh, you know, built a treehouse for my kids this summer. But I mean, Balancing it as well with cooking because now I'm I'm doing a lot of experimentation at home, uh, driving Monica crazy with uh, fermenting things all over the house, and, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's uh, I find that the the balance I'm beginning to find now is much better you know, that I never had before. So you you feel it's driving your passion even more as far as 
you know, your experimentation and that hasn't wanes and stepping away from it? No. no. I can still be upstairs in my house and hear something cooking in the oven and know what it's doing. Right. I used to be able to do that in the kitchen too. You know the, that sense you get? Yep. So you know what's in the oven and you know what's what the, the sound that it makes, what it's doing. It's just these little things that nobody really talks about that as a cook or a chef, these abilities you develop to, to sense things. And that is, uh, if anything, it's become heightened because I've been, you've become, I guess you could say that what I've, uh, on a, on a personal level, what I've really discovered is that running a restaurant or running restaurants or running kitchens is fun. It's, uh, it's, um, I love all the little details and logistics, but, um, the real thing that I get off on is the actual act of cooking. Right. It's really, yeah, it's cool. But, you know, with the restaurant, what, what, what we really wanted to do with FID, again, was to push the sustainability and to, to, to show people that we have everything in our backyard, sort of deviating away from a person. Correct. And, and, and that, for us, was really important. Monica's dining room, all the vases were made from rocks on the beach. She would go for walks and prospect or wherever and take little snippings from, from the fields and that's what would be on the tables. The wines were all local. Um, the music we played in the restaurant was local. The, arts on the, the art on the wall was local. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, maybe we were going overboard with the local thing, but I mean, it's, it's what we did. It's what, it's what both Monica and I really believed in and believed was necessary to, to show people at the time in, you know, 1999 that uh, you didn't have to fly in uh, urchin from Japan or something like that. You know, they harvest urchin in the same, at St. Margaret's Bay. Right. And it's uh, it's amazing product. And sea cucumber. And sea cucumber. So where do you see things going for you in the next little while? You're just going to continue to experiment? and It's wide open. We have a trip planned this, uh, this September. We're guiding five couples around Provence. So I'll be doing the cooking and being in the markets. And Monica has a whole itinerary made with the... Uh... So branching out into a little culinary tourism? Yeah. That's going to be fun. How about you? Same old, same old. Keep, keep keeping yeah. on. Yeah. Yep. Running the restaurants, cooking. Hopefully things will trend. They're going to have to transition for me sooner or later. I'm yeah. getting old. But I mean, uh, getting old. Please give me a break. Well, no. I mean, you know, you, it's, it's funny. You see the, uh, the 20 year olds and stuff coming in and you're, you know, it's, uh, they still can't even match half your hours and, uh, it, it, it hurts more. The older you get, it hurts more. That and, is, you know, back to your comment about the kids, I'm starting to, you know, I'm getting to the point now where there's more important things than just my career. And up until probably a year ago, I was, as you were saying, all encompassed in my restaurants and they were everything from every waking minute of every day. Yeah. That's all I had in my head. Um, but that, you know, that's changing and, you know, trying to find that balance and, you know, the, the passion for the cooking is still there. It's there every day. It just doesn't go away. Yeah. But, you know, their needs, as I get older, things hurt more. Um, and I need, to, I need to have a little more time. You know, it, 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 you know every year that passes, it's, uh, it's a little harder to get out of bed and do those 8 a.m. to midnight days every day. Those afternoon snoozes feel pretty good. Man, I, well, that's part of my problem, though. I can't nap. I nap and I'm messed for the rest of the day. But, 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, things need to change, but you know, it's, uh, it's exciting to see that, you know, even after you've stepped away from the restaurant, that you're still pushing that all the oh, yeah. same. Well, we have the dock and dine events that I do with David ECO and all that is like, you know, I was on the phone this morning with ALS fisheries, the Henneberries that have uh, San Bruno, and I'm, I've got a, a hundred pound big eye lined up tuna, rod and reel tuna, which is amazing. I mean, and we're going to get a good quality because they, they have a guy there who knows how to grade the tuna. So we're going to get a number one or a sushi grade. So that'll be awesome. And, uh, you know, it's great. And I mean, you know, in the beginning, we were pretty much the only one who was doing the sustainability thing. But, I mean, you were not too far after us, you know, with the being where you are in the valley. I mean, you're in the thick well, of it. And you have all the, you know, you have all the much more connections, direct connections to the farmer than, than we ever had. Because we had to deal with whatever, whoever would bring into the city right. and the farmer's market. So we were able to survive on that. But you're able to, you know, you've had more of a, all kinds of little farmers that you dealt with that I've never yeah but i mean in all honesty i mean you know the you know none, none of us are recreating the fucking wheel here like you know i came back to nova scotia on a vacation i'd left um and i mean i grew up on a family farm um so it's what i always wanted to do but the only reason i stayed in nova scotia in all honesty was your restaurant oh yeah yeah i came down and i had a meal and i realized that things have finally changed because if you were able to do it then that meant Things have changed, so I took a hard look at it and decided, okay, because I always wanted to be back in the Maritimes. Um, it didn't really matter which Maritime province I was in. I just love the Maritimes. Um, you know, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia. You know, I, I just I love the Maritimes. Uh, I don't call Newfoundland Maritimes. Well, get yes, pissed off. they'll get pissed off. Yes, Newfoundland Labrador. But either way, I want to be on. I want to be on the East Coast. Um, you know, let's round it up to the East Coast. Uh, you know, just the supply, as we were talking about earlier. But, I mean, going to your place kind of showed me that, you know, things had finally changed on the East Coast. People's, you know, were starting to change. It didn't make it any easier. Like, you know, it must have been a real struggle for you when you started. And I, I didn't come on until, you know, you know, I was only back because my father was ill for a couple of years. Then right. you opened and I started going to your restaurants like, okay, well, you know, obviously things are changing enough that maybe I can stay on and try we to get were, this, you know, we, this we, moving. We were really lucky. We had a core group of people who understood what we were doing, and then it just kind of built from there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You see where it was in the beginning and how I was the only guy who would go to the market to pick up my stuff. I had the whole thing to myself. Now I have to wait in line. There's so many people. Right. Uh, which is great, you know, because it's, it just means that, you know, more, I mean, it's, it's, it's an ethical investment too. It's not just, you know, hey, look at me, I have local product. Your money is going back into the pockets of the people of your province. It's not disappearing, like, you know, uh, to the head central of a food service somewhere. It's actually staying in the province. Right. So. Well, thanks for joining me today and talking to me a little bit about the sustainability and where things are going for you now. Hopefully, we'll be able to sit down and chat again in another couple of months and see where things are for you. Absolutely. Nice chat. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast for future episodes and follow me on Twitter, at Chef Jason Lynch. All episodes from Straight From The Line podcast are available on my website, chefjasonlynch.com where you can also find information about my restaurants and cookbook. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Twitter or review it on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.